welcome. Legally Brief presents Changing Our Institutions. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer who works with private and public companies, educational institutions, and sports organizations to identify root causes, confront historic failures, and boldly implement change to our institutions. This podcast is for corporate change agents, disruptors, and mindset mavericks who are committed to making our institutions work better for themselves and the next generation. I want to remind you that while I hope you enjoy every episode in the series that we're doing on changing our institutions, the content of this programming is not a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes or information, please head on over to my website. There you'll find information and you can sign up for newsletters and you can learn more about me and my practice. I'm glad you're here. Let's get ready and let's talk and make some changes. What happens when initiatives and policies that are implemented and created to bring about change actually cause harm to a movement or a vision? That's the discussion of today's episode. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a method and a policy used by companies, governments, and other institutions to rectify and address lack of diversity, discrimination within their institutions and systems. Well, on October 28, 2021, David Duvall, a former marketing executive at Nuvant Health, which is a large nonprofit organization with over 35,000 employees, was awarded $10 million by a federal district court jury who found that this healthcare executive was fired because he was a white male. The hospital believed and said as part of their argument, that it was the performance of this individual. And that was the reason or the lack to perform thereof or up to their standards and their qualities, that that really was the basis and the factors for the termination and that it was not race or sex discrimination as to why this individual was fired in violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Nuvant Health, the company, issued a statement that said they are one of thousands of organizations to put in place robust diversity and inclusion programs. The company went on to state that they believe that these programs coexist alongside strong non-discriminatory policies, that they extend to all races, genders, including white men. And the company feels that it's important for all current and future team members to know that the verdict in David Duvall's case will not change Nuvant's health commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what happens when you have a policy and initiative such as DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, that is used in a way or in a purpose not intended by the company? The company believing this Nuvant Health and other organizations who are now responding to demands of employees, demands of the public and our community, that we become more diverse, that they implement these programs. What happens then when you have a majority group in this case? When I say majority group, I mean white males who 
find themselves, believe that they are the target of initiatives. I don't know the specific facts of the case. I do know I had some, I was able to access some of the court documents and learn a little bit about the procedural history that happened in court. And I know that there were different motions or applications made by the court in relation to the failure to, or asking for the court to decide specifically about funds, retirement funds that should have been paid. Some of those motions were denied and the case then progressed to the trial phase. Other than that, I have to put a footnote here that Mr. a jury found that Mr. Duvall's claims to be founded and by a jury, they believed that he had proven his case and that he was discriminated against and the firing. I think, I believe that I read that the facts were that he was replaced in that position by a two women. One, I believe was a white woman and one was a black woman. So because of that, Mr. Duvall had filed this case saying that he was the target of this policy gone wrong, D-E-N-I gone wrong. This reminds me of similar cases that involved other attempts by companies, educational institutions to change with affirmative action. I like to think that affirmative action was the predecessor of our recent call for diversity and equity and inclusion initiatives. That policy, in short, if you don't know about it, you can, you should, you should go out and read about it, understand it. Affirmative action was the policy whereby it was legalized, codified in law that institutions would proactively use ways and measure to ensure that historically marginalized groups, namely African-Americans and other, would have access and opportunities to institutions that they had been kept out of. A lot of that was educational. You saw then over the years different groups who were not part of marginalized groups use the affirmative action initiatives, policies, and laws to say that they themselves had been negatively impacted by affirmative action. And they would then bring lawsuits saying that the policies were unfairly implemented and that they were now subject of discrimination. That's similar to what Mr. Duvall was saying in his lawsuit, that the policy, the means for companies to bring about change within their different ranks within management had worked to discriminate against him and he was unjustly fired in violation of the Civil Rights Act. What are we to do when as change agents, disruptors, when you want to bring about and you want to see diversity, when you want to see inclusion, when you want to see equity and you are motivated to make our institutionals work. So you bring about, you contemplate and you work on these policies and these initiatives initiatives and you work with lawmakers and you're an activist or you are believe you're working at your community level, you believe in these policies, but yet there are lawsuits, there's pushback. And again, I Mr. Duvall's case, I don't know the facts of it. So let's just put that to the side and say that what happens when the good work, what is it, no good deed goes unpunished, the good work of the policies that are used and were hoped to bring about a part of the mission to bring about change are result 
and can backfire and result in these types of lawsuits being brought. What what are you to do? Do we give up? Do we recoil and back off? And do we say that these policies are no good? We have to go back to the drawing board. I would say no. I would say that as it stands, the work and the spirit of first affirmative action, the spirit of diversity, equity, and inclusion is to bring about widespread systemic change. Will these changes, will it always be perfect? Will they be implemented with perfection? Absolutely not. But that does not mean that that's a reason why individuals who are seeking change, who are agents for change, that they should be chilled by lawsuits or a verdict of $10 million or be chilled by threats of individuals who are saying that they are part of a majority and that they are being targeted and unfairly impacted by initiatives that hope to bring about inclusion within our different institutions. We have to know that every time we're seeking to change institutions, every time we want something to work, there are always going to be issues that we're going to have to deal with collaterally. And this issue is an opportunity. And when I say this issue, the case of Mr. Duvall, I know that I'm going to keep investigating on this and learning more about this, and I'll bring this to you. But this is a perfect opportunity to learn, to understand how to better implement diversity, equity, and inclusion. If this case calls for it, or if you, I would say this, if you are in a position within your organization, your nonprofit, your educational system, court system, in your company, in your medical practice, your legal practice, if you're in a position where you're um, overseeing or ensuring the company's DE&I policy, take some time and learn about the case with David Duvall. Take some time and stay up to date. Sign up for the newsletter on our website so that you can be informed when cases are being discussed, lawsuits are filed, so that you can be in a constant state of learning from others and learning how to best implement these initiatives. Because at their core, DE&I, Affirmative Action, sought to do one thing and one thing only, to rectify horrible inequities within our institutions. And that's the purpose. Will they be implemented with perfection and without others without people feeling that they may have been unfairly targeted? Absolutely not. But when we do see jury verdicts, such as the, what we were discussing, Mr. Duvall's, let us use that as an opportunity to learn more, to get to the facts. And if there's changes that have to be made in how these policies are being implemented, let's make the change. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Like I said, I'll continue. I'll jump on, back on and report to you. I know that this verdict in the Duvall case and Nuvant Health will be appealed. Just from what I read, the verdict itself will be appealed and the amount. So I will come back on and give you updates and also let you know, especially if you're interested in how this may impact your company, maybe you're, you know, you're on a 
DEI committee for your company and you want to understand what is the best way, what's the legal way to implement DEI, I will bring that to you on another show. And also, I should mention that part of the work that I do in my current practice is to advise companies on the best way. Members, partners that I work with in my firm, we advise companies on how to comply with, how to legally implement diversity and equity inclusion programs. They're important. They bring about what we need to make our institutions work for all of us. As always, it's a pleasure speaking with you. And until next time, be well. information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.